Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. This episode of the Sheridan Tapes was brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Shirley Casperson, Virginia Spots, Jesse Steele, Sam Taylor, Mike and Don Van Winkle, Neil Covert, Ari Semenes, Holly Harmon, Accursed, Oli Vasilevska, and Kai Cook. If you'd like to support the show as well, then please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to all new episodes, a special patron-only podcast, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Good morning, Nevada! Dawn here with Morning Dawn Weather for the Weekend, here to give you this weekend's forecast. And it's a weird one, thunderstorms! Tropical storms surging along the Baja coast will carry moisture northward through the Gulf of California into the desert southwest and southern California. Expect muggy air and increased thunderstorm activity through the whole of southern Nevada, which, strangely enough, seems to be a pattern across the country with high levels of storm activity across the Midwest, meaning we're all in for a wild weekend. Thunder only happens when it's raining, so get out of that pool and get indoors. June is a little early in the season for all this charged air here in Nevada, but we'll gladly take that moisture, won't we? Now back to Skip for your daily update. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Okay, got the video started, and here we go. Really, what my shirt looks like? I was going for cool science dad, but it's a little divorced dad who just wants to see his kids again. Time to retire this shirt then. Dr. Caldwell thought a video of myself speaking would help with the nerves, but it's Stanford, so how much is this really going to help? Once again, I've had too much caffeine and I'm weirdly giving my own exposition for me and only me. Okay, deleting this one. Hello, and welcome, students of Stanford. Jesus! So, my competition is enough electricity to power New York City for 26 minutes. Piece of cake. Thank you for joining me here today, especially since it required coming back to campus during your summer break. I hope you feel that this talk ends up being worth it. Most of you probably haven't heard of me, so I'll tell you a little about myself. My name is Dr. Ren Park, and I work at the Institute for Stellar Propulsion, Heuristics, and Aeronautics, better known as ISFA, in Ventura, California. I have a background in aerospace engineering, like some of you, and my work now involves a lot of research in physics as well, like many of the rest of you. Congratulations on making it this far. I know firsthand how difficult being a grad student is. I hope that as you carry on into your career, or perhaps the further reaches of academia, you'll be able to glean something from my talk today. When I was invited to speak to you, my future competitors, my challenge was actually in figuring out how to narrow down my topic. There are a million things I could talk about. And actually, if you catch me after this, I'm happy to go on and on and... But when I was invited to speak with you, after narrowing it down, I decided that what I wanted to leave you with was a sense of excitement for what's to come after you leave school. Things may seem wild now, as many of you are beginning your studies and research into more contemporary and abstract topics. 
But I want to tell you, without giving too much away, that it gets even stranger. A few years ago, I had an experience working in my office alone one night that I can only describe as unexpected. It was one of those nights when the breakthroughs were nearly outpacing my research, which unfortunately I'm not authorized to tell you about today. But what I am allowed to tell you, at least in part, is where that night led me next. Take a moment to think about everything you know about mushrooms. Or to put it scientifically, mycology. What are some things that we know about fungal life? Yes, very good point. No, you're thinking of bean sprouts. No, they don't give you an extra life. Yes, good. One property of mushrooms that you probably haven't thought of is that they may hold a secret to our understanding of time. I know, you probably weren't expecting that one. Should have dosed up before class, am I right? No, I can't say that. Ah, you probably weren't expecting that. This is a field of study that has remained somewhat out of the spotlight until recently. You may or may not be familiar with the work of mycologist Paul Stamets. He has a quote that I think opens this topic beautifully. Fungi are the interface organisms between life and death. Stamets's work with the military is hardly open for public knowledge, but many of his stories are contained in his books and in interviews available online, which I'd encourage you to check out. Among some of his more famous stories about the power of psychedelic mushrooms or psilocybin are some frankly unbelievable accounts of people allegedly gaining back senses that had been lost, overcoming speech disorders, healing trauma from their early lives, and even predicting the future. That last one actually has quite a bit to do with some of the work that I'm currently... Nope, can't say that either. Did you know that the largest and oldest organism on Earth is a mushroom? Armillaria astoyae, or what I like to call the humongous fungus, is a fungal colony that covers 2,200 acres of Malheur National Forest, Oregon. It's calculated to be up to 8,650 years old, weighing thousands of tons. Imagine, if we were working on decoding this organism's experiences, what we could learn about the Earth. Oh, wait. <clears throat> Imagine, if we could decode this organism's experiences, what we could learn about the Earth. Already, hundreds of research projects are being conducted on fungal life in the Pacific Northwest. And many of these projects have interesting implications for how we can solve everything from our climate change crisis, to the survival of the bees, to the future health of humanity. But so far, there's one problem that science hasn't even been able to touch. Do we know what that is? Entropy. In your studies, you have learned that a state of total entropy is the natural conclusion of everything in the universe. But what could we learn from an organism that may be able to resist entropy? In their very nature, fungi are involved in the decomposition of other living beings, so decay does not have the same stranglehold on them as it does other life. 
There is evidence to suggest that fungi is capable of storing all of its learned information so that even when a colony is impacted or destroyed, the spores that are released ensure the survival of its knowledge. In other words, mycelial networks potentially house indestructible information. Imagine even further if we were able to transmit information on a potentially indestructible network. According to Stamets, it may be possible. Quote, I see the mycelium as the Earth's natural internet, a consciousness with which we might be able to communicate. Through cross-species interfacing, we may one day exchange information with these sentient cellular networks. The future of scientific discovery is quickly becoming cross-disciplinary. It's high time for all of us, but especially our emerging leaders, to embrace topics that we might not have considered before. Which is why I'm here speaking to you today. So here's the proposition I'd like to present to you in this lecture. If fungi resist the pull of entropy, and our understanding of the passage of time is based on an ever-increasing amount of entropy, what does that say about mycelium's abilities to resist the passage of time itself? And what could we accomplish if we were able to communicate with that network inside or outside of time? I am so, so, so exhausted. Ugh. Peter and I thought this would be a nice weekend away as a family, you know. Take the RV out to Wisconsin. Andrew will get to burn off all that four-year-old energy he has. We'll all get some fresh air. I'll get a break to recover from busy season. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe it'll get better. Andrew's finally passed out in the RV. Peter's walking to the nearest gas station to get us some hopefully palatable red wine. And I'm decompressing in the tent under our canopy. <laughs> Pretty weird to be sitting here, actually. Anna would die if she saw me like this. Sitting in a real tent. Sneaking a cassette recorder into the camping supplies. I can't believe I could even find one of these. I just thought... Well, I don't know. Ugh. I can't believe Peter actually thought it would be a good idea to tell Andrew that old camp story about the, what was it, Beechwood monster? Apparently, he heard it from his sister. I thought Andrew would be terrified, but he wasn't. If he'd been scared, that would have been easier. He asked us questions for what must have been ugh, an hour. No, probably 20 minutes, but it was unrelenting. Does the Beechwood monster live here too? When is his birthday? Is the Beechwood monster as old as the dinosaurs? Does he have to take naps? Do the, is the, how we, can we, when we see the Beechwood monster? <sighs> to make this weekend extra fun, I'm also fighting a deadline. Ren reached out to me for help with his taxes. Yeah, past the deadline. 
and it's a lot, a few years worth. He has a pretty crazy work life and a crazy idea of what counts as a business expense. He saved the receipt for every single snack purchase he made in the past three years. Thankfully, they were in order, but have you ever seen a 300-page PDF of snack receipts? He named it Research Fuel 2016 to 2018. I guess once you pop, you really can't stop. Oh, that was bad. Anyway, Ren threw me a shocking amount of cash for the job. And hey, a book of snack receipts is the most exciting thing to happen at work this year. Not that I'm complaining. I mean, who's really excited about their work, honestly? Well, Anna was. Is. Why am I sitting in a tent on the ground in the middle of a thunderstorm, talking to myself like Anna used to do? I would say this is the grief talking, but if I'm grieving, then that means... She's just been gone a long time. That's it. She's disappeared before. This is just an extra long break from the world. A classic Anna Sheridan retreat from reality. Without her van or her possessions. I'm so mad at her. I know I shouldn't be. Oh my god, she could be hurt. She could be trapped somewhere. That thing that was pretending to be Anna could be... No, that's too awful. And it's been two years. It might be long gone. When Anna called last year, she didn't seem to be worried about it anymore. At least she never brought it up, so... I can't... I can't believe that thing had Andrew. I can't believe I didn't notice something was wrong. How stupid am I? I spent three days with a, a fake, cheerful Anna. Like it knew somehow that's what I wanted to see. Although, uh, I remember something now about those three days that I haven't thought of in a while. I barely ever looked into her, its eyes, while it was there with us. It's like some part of my brain was trying to warn me, but I didn't listen. I remember feeling at the time that those three days were some of the most peaceful that we ever had, and that's how I kept describing it, but now that I think about it, I wasn't calm. I was numb. I hardly felt anything. It was like I was just floating above myself the whole time. And I remember when Anna finally called to check in on us, I was angry. So angry. If that thing knew how to get around my defenses, what else did it know? What else was it able to read? about me. What did it want? Oh, I can't. I can't go there. I saw what curiosity about the stuff did to Anna, and I can't. Oh, I feel so stupid for falling for it, though. Anna was so strong after that day. We never really got along, but after that, she just made me feel like 
it wasn't my fault. To be honest, that's probably the closest I felt to her. She didn't feel like my baby sister anymore. She was just Anna Sheridan. I loved getting to see that side of her. She was strong, knowledgeable, sure of herself. I guess I can see why she does what she does. I wonder, I wonder what kinds of things she's seen in her life. I feel like if she told me about it now, I'd probably believe her. If she wasn't high, at least. <laughs> uh, she's tough, though. Wherever she is, I don't believe she's dead. I know that's crazy, but I can't believe it. She fought everything, always. She fought me our whole lives just as much as she fought with mom and dad. That's the thing. I was always in the same category as our parents with her. She just assumed I was happy with how things turned out. I'm just as stubborn as her, though, and I never found a way to tell her... What? It's... <laughs> It's not like I want to live in a van and go traipsing around the country to conjure up monsters and whisper around unholy graves or whatever else and then celebrate it with a, what did she call it, hot boxing? But like, I wouldn't mind a road trip. Maybe even listen to some scary audiobook or something to make her happy. Does that make sense? I think I could handle a Stephen King. Hello? Anyone there? This better not turn into... <sighs> no, there's animals in the woods. That's all it is. Huh. That reminds me of a line of Anna's that's always... Well, haunted me, I guess, for lack of a better word. People say, don't go out in the woods at night. There's a monster out there. People say, stay back from the edge, out of the dark, away from anything dangerous, unknown, or new. And maybe they're right, if all you want your life to be is long. It's unfortunately lyrical, I know. I can't help but feel that she wrote it about me. If she could only see me. This is really not the time, whoever you are. Hey, I, you need to leave us alone. You are not welcome here. I swear to God, you bring one cassette recorder on your family camping trip and... Anna? No, it can't. Oh my God, not again. Not again. Andrew. Okay, that's it. This stupid flashlight. If you think I'm going down without a fight, you've got... Oh my god, Peter. I, I'm sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> wow. Oh, Peter. It's you. Of course it is. Who else would it? <clears throat> Do they have a good Pinot?
Um, wow. It's good to hear from you. I, I'm sorry I missed you. I passed out almost as soon as I got home from the hospital. Oh, by that I mean I, I took a nap. I'm feeling fine now. No, uh, losing consciousness here. <laughs> no sorry. <laughs> Man, it's, uh, stumping out there. sounds a bit tired, but it's not nearly as bad as right after the accident. I hope that eases your worries. Like, my lungs were, were damaged, of course, and, and they're not quite what they used to be, but the doctors say that my recovery has already been unexpected, as they put it. So, they told me to have hope and to keep resting. Like, I was lucky that Sam was there, with how quickly that fire sprung up, and with how bad my insides were burning. There's, there's no way I could have
and must my trembling spirit fly into a world unknown a land of deepest shade unpierced by human thought the dreary regions of the dead where all things are God, the dreary regions of the dead, where all things are forgot. Be right there, Maria. Uh, you good, Sam? Yeah. Let's go. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 21, Cumulus, starring Sam Taylor as Dr. Ren Park, Virginia Spots as Kate Sheridan and Dawn, Jesse Steele as Bill Tyler, Amitola Lomas as Maria Soul, and Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, with original music by Jesse Hagen, written by Virginia Spots and produced by Trevor Van Winkle, and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Trevor underscore VW. New episodes are released every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on all podcasting platforms. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes.
every five minutes. A transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.